Shalom, chaverim. It's so exciting to be able to join you on this adventure and to learn through these prakim day in, day out. I'm sorry I didn't send yesterday, but Zohar Hashem, today we'll learn Tet and Yud together. Perik Tet is a fantastic opportunity. In Perik Tet, we get to see the story of Kibush Eretz Israel from another perspective. This perspective is the perspective of the Knanim. Until now, we've been listening to Bnei Israel crossing the river, doing Korban Pesach, doing Brit Milah, conquering Yericho, conquering the eye, the story of Achan, all sorts of exciting things along the way. But now, we actually get to see the story from the other side. This side is the side of the Knaanim, or more specifically, the story of the Givonim. This parak actually starts with the general understanding of what's going on in Eretz Israel. In Eretz Israel, all of the nations that live in Eretz Israel, the Knaanim, the Chitim, the Emorim, all the interesting and wonderful people that were living here before, bandy together, join together in order to fight off the invaders. This is an occasion which is quite historic. We haven't found in Tanakh the stories of all of these nations get, coming together. And this is something which is really important to notice. Since the times of Avram Avinu, the four kings, the five kings, there hasn't been such a big invasion mentioned in the Tanakh. Again, it could be that there were others. We definitely know the Egyptians had all sorts of campaigns in the area. But this is a story which is brought in the Tanakh to remind us of how the nations of Canaan viewed the nation of Israel coming in from the outside. There is one group that actually has a different plan. They're not going to fight. And similar to Balak and Bilam, they decide to trick the Jewish people, whether through the Bnot Peol, right, or the Bnot Midian in, in Baal Peol, or through a Klala in the story of Bilam and Balak. Here, they decide to use a different trick. And they decide to pretend to be a nation coming from afar that wants to make peace with the Jewish people. Now, this has precedent. And if we look at the Pesukim of them mentioning that they came because they heard of all the Nisim in Mitzrayim and the big stories of all the conquests of the Jewish people on Ever Yarden, I personally understand that this is supposed to remind us of Yitro. Yitro too came from afar and was very impressed with the story of the Jewish people and decided that he wanted to come to join, to give praise, to understand, to give thanks. I would not be surprised if the narrative of this story, the literature, the way that it was written, the way that the narrator chose to word the phrases is there to remind us of the story of Yitro and to help us understand exactly why Bnei Israel were duped into buying this story. Either way, the Givonim, in order to save their own lives, decide to join with the Jews. Now, here I want to go off on a small tangent and throw out a theory. One of the beautiful things that I learned from my teacher, Raviol Binun, is that often by viewing out sources, outer sources, sources from outside the world of Tanakh, we can better understand within the sources of the Tanakh. One of the sources we can find outside of the world of Tanakh is the source of archaeology. Now, we know from all sorts of hieroglyphics, all sorts of records in Egypt, that there are all sorts of politics, infighting going on between the countries inside Canaan. And they used to go and talk to Pharaoh and to start to complain to him about all sorts of intrigues going on in the Canaanite nations. One of those intrigues regards 
a certain nation called the Habiru, which a lot of the, the uh, scholars say might be the Ivrim, right? Habiru mean, meaning maybe even the Hebrews. Uh, the same idea, same concept. This group called the Habiru, and if you're interested, I highly recommend you read up on it in Rav Yol Binun's book, Mikraot. Uh, the Habiru, according to this story, it could well be that they were a different nation, who also there were all sorts of other wandering tribes throughout the ages that came in to this area. But this story is very interesting because this story is a story of the Canaanite kings complaining to, to Pharaoh, who is generally in control of the whole region, that there was one group, the king of Shechem, that was joining with these groups and was causing havoc to the rest of the other nations because these invading armies were using this inside knowledge, were using the king of Shechem and his people to fight them from the inside and to open the gate into the land of Israel. Now Rav Yolbenun personally explains this is the way the Jews came in and he claims this is talking about the story of the Jews and this might have something to do with the Givonim. But even if it doesn't, here is another way of us understanding just the importance of these international politics of a nation coming from the outside, the inside nations deciding whether they want to join or fight and how that can influence the whole of the history of the region. In Perak Tet, we meet the Givonim. The Givonim are a nation in the center of the land of Israel, and Nachalali to given to Binyamin, as we'll learn soon. And they decide, in order to survive, they decide to trick the Jewish people and pretend that they are coming from far away in order to make peace. We saw that the literary analysis of this Perak, in many ways, is very similar to Yitro, and they're trying to pull off a second Yitro coming in, trying to persuade everyone that they have seen the light decide to worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu and decide to join the Jewish people. Yoshua and the Zkenim are bored by this and so are the Jewish people and after they find out that they're tricked they decide not to go against their word because it would be a Chilul Hashem and they decide to keep the Kivonim alive and keep them as second-class citizens Shoavei Maim, Vechotzvei and we'll meet them later on in Tanakh.